amazing meetings on the way here. And we are so thrilled and excited to have Miss Laura with us again. It's been about a year and a half, and it's good to have her back. And uh, she looks beautiful. We all look far more beautiful than what we... That's it. That's it. But I, I just really feel like... Um, God has really positioned us for something this week. And I, and, I, and I hope that we all have been praying and believing and expecting this week. Uh, I know that, <laughs> I know, I know that, um, you know, we have meetings tomorrow night, Friday night, Saturday morning, and Sunday morning and night. And I know it's, with family, it's difficult sometimes to get out to everything, but as much as you can be a part of all the meetings. I believe it's going to be something. I sense in my spirit that God's going to build upon this thing. And, um, and so I just, I'm, I'm thrilled about it. I really, uh, I believe that God has strategically aligned us for this moment. I really sense that, uh, for just this season of time right now. We all know that we have been through a sort of a divine realignment. I was thinking about this. I know there are people that are sitting here that uh, some of you weren't here a year ago or a year and a half ago or whatever, but here you're at Harvest now. And that God has realigned some people that, that were with us for a good season of time. He's moved them on to other places, and uh, we love every one of them and just want the very best for them. But I really believe that God is done something in our midst, and I believe there's an expectancy within our hearts, an expectancy within this church. And uh, I, just, I just feel like, guys, watch out, because I think things are being loosed in our midst that's going to be powerful. It's going to be powerful. I heard that Leonard this past Sunday was a bit subdued, and uh, yeah, he wasn't very, very energetic or anything. Is that right, Jason? Wasn't loud enough. I heard that we need... More volume, more volume. So, um, amen. Well, can we take a moment? Let's pray together. What we're going to do, uh, I'm just going to turn it over to Laura. And I know that uh, God's put uh, a word on our heart to bring to us tonight. But also, we really wanted tonight to be a real evening of impartation. And I just want her to just go wild in the prophetic here and let loose... And let the hurricane begin. Let the tornado begin here. And uh, <laughs> praise God. Father, we thank you. Lord, we just take a moment right now. We just. <sighs> we just thank you, Lord God. Ah, oh, you are so amazing. So awesome. Just, just begin to love upon Daddy tonight. Mm. Just in your hearts tonight, just whether you have taken a moment sometime during the day or not, or maybe this is the first opportunity that just be able to say, Father, I, I haven't had a moment to say today how much I love you. How, how I am so blessed. How good you are. How amazing you are. That what you have in plan for my life is good. It's wonderful. It's amazing. It's above and beyond what I could ever ask, think, or imagine. It's just that way. 
Father, I thank you tonight. Lord, for the word that, that is that you have readied for our hearts. And God, I thank you, Father, for the just the, the love messages that you have for for many of us tonight. God, that you're just gonna you're gonna just bring through Laura. Father, we welcome this amazing gift of God. We thank you for this this treasure of who she is. Lord, we just thank you that uh, even as she has been traveling all day, that you would just you would strengthen her, Father. God, just bring just a fresh wind upon her right now, Father. Just a fresh wind, Lord God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Mm. Cindy, just put your hand upon Laura right now and just, Father, we just thank you, God. Some of you want to come over. I just, God, we just thank you right now, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. Father, we are so grateful that Laura has just, she's taken out a whole week to be with us, God. God, thank you, Father. We just thank you, Lord. Even beginning tonight, it will be such a return back to her, Lord God, that she's going to, what she's going to bring forth and give out, Lord God. Thank you, Father. Holy Spirit, you know even right now the things that are matters in her heart that that uh, that uh, she thinks about right now that are that, that are matters that, that she's weighing in her heart. God, I just thank you, Father, that you would come and you would bring every answer. God, you bring every provision of grace. God, you bring everything that she needs, Father, for her life, her family, her ministry. God, we just thank you. God, we just thank you that you never miss anything. God, you never miss anything. Thank you, God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Father. Amen. Chip this morning that lightning was going to strike him if he wasn't more careful with those kind of things. <laughs> so, I mean, I don't know about y'all, but I'm not a little nervous. <laughs> they were sending me, Scott was sending me texts. Uh, the first one I got was Isaiah lying on the ground with five lines of green tomatoes, gumballs, and, and it said five geese laying. And I thought, Okay. <laughs> and then the next day it was something else. And so finally I said, what is this, Scott? And he said, well, the children are singing the 12 days of Laura. So, so this morning I was texting him about some media stuff. And, and I said, and a partridge in a pear tree. <laughs> I mean, you hang around people like that, you know, it kind of rubs off on you. Well, it's really wonderful to be back in Richmond and just uh, love you guys so much and Pastor Doug and Cindy and Pastor Chip and Catherine and 
just uh, very, very excited to see what the Lord's going to do. And I have to tell you now, there's just no telling what's going to happen. The last leadership thing I was in was three days ago in Oklahoma, and I was in a hotel. And for those of you that don't know my story, if there's any kind of disaster that's ever happened, I'm, I'm there. I mean, if I went, when I went to Taiwan, one of y'all was living in Taiwan. When I, I had eight hours in Taiwan, so we decided that we would wrong, wrong, eh, we decided we would go on a, on a, you know, see the city kind of thing. We just felt like we were supposed to go to this church in downtown Taiwan to pray for the leadership. It just so happened that that day for eight hours that we had in Taiwan, they were having a leadership meeting when, when we, so we, they had a flood that day. So we had to get back to get on our international flight and there were four feet, there's four feet of water in the, and we were in the middle, Joshua and the van, he couldn't say van, with Joshua and the land, we were we were in the middle line, in a six lane this way and a six lane this way, and there was a bus in front of us that was hit by a car and four feet of water. I mean, I'm telling you. So three days ago in Oklahoma, it was 10:30 at night, and I was getting ready to go to bed, and um, they called and they said. Uh, I really don't want to tell you this. This is someone that knows me real well, knows about all the fires, you know, all the floods, all the, you know, I mean, the, the earthquake. I mean, you know. And so she said, she said, I really don't want to tell you this. I really didn't want to have to call you. But I mean, and I'm thinking, oh, no, what is it now, you know. And she said, there's been a smell of gas all down on the bottom floor of the hotel, and they had the gas man out this afternoon, and he said he just couldn't find anything. He could smell it, but he didn't know why. And, and so the hotel finally said they're, they're, this is their solution to all of us, completely booked hotel, not one room open. Their solution was just don't anybody light a match tonight. <laughs> I just got to tell you, when you have these leadership meetings, no telling what might happen. <laughs> well, I, I actually, I'm going to have to sober this up some. I have a, I have a real serious message I want to deliver tonight. Um, but I, I really, um, we, I don't know about y'all, but surviving the election was uh, difficult. And uh, it took me several days you know, to get to the point where I could function and not cry, basically. Um, but we're, we're in a very serious time, and it's a very serious time globally. It's a serious time uh, in the church, serious time in our nation. Um, and, and I believe that we as leaders have a, have a sober, we've had a sober wake-up call in this last year. And um, so... What I am really seeing is God triumphing as we press into God. Because this is what I came out with. I couldn't talk to anybody for the first maybe 24 hours much. I mean, some of them were calling me that night. And, you know, I just, I mean, you know, I mean, I just can't be cavalier about it. And uh, so I, I um, but I, as I begin to really seek God, um, I just heard heard the Lord say, you know, this is this is time this is a time to press in. This is not a time to get discouraged and fall back. This is a time to press in. So if you would turn with me please to Micah seven verses eight and nine. 
Leaders in this hour are leaders that God is raising up who will walk in faith in the midst of opposition and trial. Micah 7, verses 8 and 9, I'm reading in the Amplified Bible. Rejoice not against me, O my enemy. When I fall, I shall arise. When I sit in darkness, the Lord shall be a light to me. I will bear the indignation of the Lord because I've sinned against him until he pleads my cause and executes judgment for me. He will bring me forth to the light and I will behold his righteous deliverance. I believe these three, uh, these two scriptures, these two verses can really be, uh, be a voice to our nation. This is speaking to us. Rejoice not against me, O oh my enemy, when I fall. <laughs> because the Lord is our light and we're pressing into him. And no matter what it looks like, no matter what it sounds like, leaders who walk in faith in the midst of opposition and trial. Acts 3.19, this is a very familiar scripture. I just want to read it in the um, Amplified. So repent, change your mind and purpose, turn around and return to God that your sins may be erased, that times of refreshing, of recovering from the effects of heat, I love that, times of refreshing, of recovering from the effects of heat, of reviving with fresh air may come from the presence of the Lord. So I believe this is a time for us to take another look at ourselves. It's a time to repent from things that we've been letting slide, letting go, letting letting get by in our lives. Maybe nothing more than thoughts that we're having. Maybe nothing more than just acts of of commission where we we I mean omission where we haven't haven't done things that we know we should be doing, that we know, walking in certain ways that we know we shouldn't be walking. This is a time for us to clean house and come that times of refreshing because we've been in the heat, but I don't personally believe we've seen the heat like we're going to see the heat. And so we need to prepare. This is a time of preparation for us to prepare for the heat. But how do you prepare for the heat? You prepare for the heat by being refreshed. I mean... What a God. You know, it's not like, you know, he's going to send us to boot camp and make us crawl on our belly for 45 miles. I mean, he just says, come and be in my presence. Clean house and come and be in my presence so that I can refresh you. Because you have to be refreshed to go back into the heat of the battle. Um, Philippians 3, verses 10 through 14. Again, this is a very... Um, familiar passage of Scripture. Now I'm going to read this in the Amplified, which is real wordy, but I think it really has a light on it. For my determined purpose. How many of us think we need a purpose? (laughs) For my determined purpose is that I may know Him that I may progressively become more deeply and intimately acquainted with him, perceiving and recognizing and understanding the wonders of his person more clearly and more strongly. We've got to go into him 
Um, I want to talk tomorrow night about, uh, about prayer. And it's a prayer that is not, I teach corporate prayer, I teach moves of God prayer, but this is not a, this is, this is a go into the inner chamber and experience the Lord in you kind of prayer. Because we have to become more intimately acquainted with Him. How can we lead people, lead people, lead other people? How can we lead them when we ourselves do not know Him to the depth and to the degree that, that we are going to have to in these days when they're saying, what do you have to say about this? What is going to be our response? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> you know, we're going to have to have answers. And the only way we're going to get answers is to go into the presence of the Lord in a way that we've never even dreamed. We're way past the goosebump stage. We're way past the just go to a meeting and get blessings stage. We've got to be serious people who are serious about God and serious about being in the presence. Not in the presence, but in the presence. Progressively more acquainted. My determined purpose. That's got to be my determined purpose. And in the same way to know the power outflowing from his resurrection that I may share in his sufferings. We don't we like to skim over that part. So that to be continually transformed in spirit into his likeness, even to his death. You know, God's looking for dead people. He's not looking for people that are alive because of pride. He's not looking for people that are alive because they know that they know everything. (laughs) He's looking for dead people that know they're dead. That know they don't have anything. That know only God can do it. That know only God can say it. That know only God can perform it. That's dead people. Because they have to be dead to themselves. Dead to their dreams. Dead to their ambitions. Dead to what they think. Dead to, and just about the time you think you're dead, you're going to find something hurting that shouldn't be hurting if really you were dead. (laughs) We'll move right along from that. Isaiah, (laughs) touching on some touchy stuff. Isaiah 49. Verse 2, Isaiah 49, verse 2. And he has made my mouth like a sharp sword. In the shadow of his hand he has hid me and made me a polished arrow. In his quiver has he kept me close and concealed me. Many leaders today are, that have been cl- close in the Lord and concealed are going to be exposed in this hour. We need, to re- we need to be ready to be exposed. You have to be ready. It's like my Houston body was not ready for the wind tonight. That's, what, 30 degrees, 35, something like that. I'm going, <laughs> I mean, you know, but I was obedient. I was la- I'm layered. Scott told me to be layered. 
Well, that's what we've got to be in the spirit realm. We've got to be layered. And he says, the Lord said to me, you are my servant Israel, you who strive with God and with men and prevail, in whom I will be glorified. We strive with men and with God. And we prevail in that battle. We may, we may have a limp, like some in the Bible who strove with God. But they prevailed. Jacob, Jacob's limp, he fought and he prevailed. But he had a limp for the rest of his life. A lot of us have a limp. But, but now is an hour to strive with God. Now, strive doesn't always mean fight against Strive means wrestle with the things of the Spirit until we can begin to be as strong as the Spirit. To wrestle with God. Nobody can wrestle with God like someone who loves Him. Wrestle with God. Strive with God. This is an hour when we must strive with God because this is an hour when He is going to reveal His glory through the church. And that's individual. The, the corporate church is made up of individuals, and particularly individual leaders like we have here tonight. And so we have, to, we have to prepare ourselves. We have to strive with men and with God in this hour so that we will prevail and His glory can be released through us. That's a determined purpose there. That's a determined purpose. Um. I don't know if I've told this story with you guys or not. I'm, I'm getting where I can hardly remember what I said last week, much less what I said a year and a half ago. So I'm going to tell you this story just because it's on my heart. But um, I was uh, seeking the Lord a couple of weeks, two, three years ago. And uh, I kept seeing this picture of this horse. And the horse, I, I, I just saw the picture, and it was, it was not a moving picture. It was a, st- a stopped picture. <laughs> and the horse's mane was flying in the wind. You could tell that great activity was going on. And, and it was one of those visions that wouldn't go away. And I just kept hearing, seeing it and seeing it and seeing it. And, you know, I said, Lord, what is this? And finally he said, Zechariah 10:3. Well, he hardly ever does that with me. I know he does it with a lot of people, but... He just gave me this. I had no idea what it was. So I looked it up, and it says, For in that day, don't you love it when he says that day, in that day he will cause the princes of Judah to be his royal horse in the day of battle. And so I, I began to study that. I actually was going to paint it. I'm an artist, and I was, I was going to paint it, and I did a lot of studies and a lot of drawings and, you know, all that. But it was really the birth of a vision. So I want you to turn with me to Job 39, verses 19 through 24. And in my Bible, this is, uh, I think this, I think what I've got written, maybe I thought it up, I don't know. I can't remember if it was in my Bible or if I did it. I've been in the Bible before, so maybe I did it. (laughs) Anyway, passion for destiny's call. That's what we as leaders must allow the Lord to stir in us is passion for destiny's call. Verse 19, 
Have you given the horse his might? Have you clothed his neck with quivering and a shaking mane? Now listen to the passion of the Lord's voice in this scripture. He's saying, this is a magnificent creature. Now, that's what he's causing you and me. That's what he's causing us to be. Is, is a horse that is trained and destined for battle. So listen to what a magnificent... You know, generally we're pretty snivelly. I mean, you know, oh, well, you know, I probably can't do it. And, you know, somebody else has probably got a better... You know, most of us, you know, if we, if we got over the pride... That now we're now we're in the you know ultra sometimes false humility. Well, you know, maybe I can and maybe I can't. And that's not what we're seeing here. Is a creature who was created by God for the battle, and he's he loves it. Can you hear the Lord? He is exulting in what he's made. Verse twenty. Was it you who made him to leap like a locust? The majesty of his snorting nostrils is terrible. I mean, can't you just hear the, the, the Lord? He's, he's, he's so excited about what he's created. And let me say, what he's created is what it was created to be. It's not something that's rethought the purpose and rethought the plan and decided maybe some mistakes were made. This is a creature that is living exactly the way he was created to be. Verse 21, he paws in the valley and exults in his strength. He goes out to meet the weapons of armed men. Now, what do we do at the first sign of trouble? Cry, run. It's true. It's true. But this is what we're created to be. We are pawing in the valley saying, I'm ready. I'm ready. When are you going to let me out? When are you going to let me go? I mean, that horse is pawing. He's exulting. And the passion for who he's created to be is all over him. He's ready to go. He's ready to go meet the armed men, not say, oh, no, look at them. It's like the ones that came out of the promised land and said, they're, they're so big and we're like little grasshoppers. That's generally the way we think about it. So verse 22, he mocks at fear and is not dismayed or terrified. Neither does he turn back in battle from the sword. Now, you know, you can just watch Fox News, even Fox News now. You can just watch Fox News and get all in fear. I mean, we can't ha we cannot allow fear to have anything to do with us. Not in any way for any reason. We cannot. It is not who we were made. God says, I did not give you a spirit of fear, but of love and power and a sound mind. So we've got to, we've got to begin to say, okay, I'm going to exult in who you've made me to be. I will not be afraid. I will not. And I will not turn back when I see the sword lifted up. Incredible um, creature here. He doesn't look back longing for his unbroken pasture. <laughs> he doesn't. He's not like the children of Israel that said, Oh, if we could only 
to go back where we had onions and garlic as much as we wanted. Yeah, but I mean, that's technical. (laughs) All they can think of is the kind of food they want. So, mocks at fear and is not dismayed or terrified, neither does he turn back in battle from the sword. Number 23, the quiver rattles upon him as do the glittering spear and the lance of his rider. Everything vibrates at the intensity of the battle in a good way. In a good way. That horse is ready. I mean, this is what he was born for. This is what he was trained for. This is what he was created for. We've got to have a sense of that as we go into this next year. As we go into 2013, we've got to not be dismayed. We've got to mock at fear. We've got to say, this is what I was born for. We've got to become very aggressive. On all kinds of way, in all kinds of ways, on all kinds of levels. He seems in running to devour the ground with fierceness and rage. Neither can he stand still at the sound of the war trumpet. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I think I've heard a war trumpet in the last few weeks. There's been a war trumpet. And what have we done? <laughs> what has the church done? I was just in, um, I told you I was in a le- leadership meeting uh, for women in fivefold ministry, pastors and prophets. And, um, you know, we, 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 talked about, um, we talked about leadership some, and we talked about, you know, where we need to go and what we need to be doing. And um, we had a forum And we ask them to give us uh, areas that they'd like to hear discussed. And so one of them wrote, in light of the recent election, discuss the division of the church. (laughs) And I'd already told everybody, look, we're not talking about the election. We're not talking about the president. We're not talking about anything like that. It's not the purpose we're here. We are not doing that. And so I picked it up and I, I just left out the word election. And I started to talk about the division of the church. And the truth is, there can't be division in the church. Because division in the church is division of God's, of the Lord's body. That's not possible. It can't be. It can't happen. It is a breach. It's a breach in the, the very body of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that is a stench in the nostrils of God. We cannot do it. We absolutely cannot do it. Now, I'll admit, I had some anger. I've had some anger and some, you know, some other emotions like that. But we're going to have to get over that. We're, we have to love one another. We have to love one another. It's the only option that we have. We have to love and we have to close up the breach. We have to stand for unity. Else how can we paw the ground and thrill to the sound of the war trumpet? You know, some of us, we, we've been alive longer than other people, and, you know, we're tired of thrilling to the war trumpet. <laughs> so, you know, it's got to be God. It's, it's got to be God. 
coming all the way back full circle to what we said at the very beginning. It's got to be God. We have got to find a strength in God in his presence that is more than we've ever had before. That's where we're going to find the power to get to, to get to move in in victory in the next season. It is just vitally important. We have got to thrill to the sound of destiny. Whatever the sound of destiny is for us, we've got to thrill to it. We've got to, 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 to see the victory in Christ instead of the terribleness of the circumstances. We can't look at the circumstances and become dismayed. We can't look at the, at the state of the world and become dismayed. We don't have time to be dismayed because there's a battle and the generals don't have time to be dismayed in the middle of the battle. They're the war horse of the Lord. And his knees are at our, our withers and he's turning us this way and this way and the, and the battle is raging and there are swords going off and we cannot, we have to mock at fear. And thrill. We have to somewhere we've got to find a thrill, an excitement, a passion. We have to rediscover passion for destiny's call. The Lord is looking for leaders in this hour that will not give up. (laughs) That's not an option. He's looking for leaders that will not give up that thrill to the sound of that trumpet, who now, having been trained for war, glory in it. We were trained for battle, for war, for such a time as this. And that is the only way we can look at it. We cannot allow any kind of division. We can't allow backbiting and murmuring and gossip and complaining can't allow it. If people start talking to you about someone else or some other leader in the church, you say, I'm sorry, I can't participate in that conversation. I mean, we're going to have to be honest and not just say, oh, yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know. Because then you're complicit in what's being said, even if, you're, even if it wasn't your original thought. We can't allow division in the body. Can't allow it. If, if, if someone is, uh-oh, I was about to say, if someone is not in line with the vision, they just need to leave. <laughs> but I'm not saying that. I'm not, I'm not. I'm not saying that. I'm saying let's get it together. <laughs> it almost, I swear, it almost came out of my mouth. I'm not doing that, not going there, done that, been there, done that. Don't <laughs> said that, done that. <laughs> but, but truly, I believe that the Lord is bringing us um, to a greater death to self, a greater death to to perspective and the way that we thought things were going to be, the way that we think things should look, the way that we think the way things should be run. Um, you know. When you get a bunch of leaders together, and, and you know, it's, it's, it's not really a democracy, it's a theocracy. However, um, you do have to get along, and you do have to have consensual 
opinions and agreements together and decisions and so forth. And, um, you know, we, we can no longer run things by our opinions because our opinions is Mark uh, 7.23. Mark, there's a scripture in Mark that says the, that the traditions of men make null and void the word of God. I mean, if it can kill the, the most powerful thing in the universe, then we need to not have it. I mean, hello? The Word of God is all we've got. It's the thing that's alive. It's the thing that's keeping us alive. So what, what we've got to do is, is we've got to kill it. All that stuff that we thought was dead that really hadn't, it wasn't dead. It was just deader than it was before. You know what I'm saying? I mean, deader than it was before, but not completely dead. <laughs> We're going to have to kill it again. That's why Paul says, I die daily. Daily am I crucified with Christ. Daily. Daily am I crucified. You can go to bed crucified and get up as, as, as mean as a snake. You know, so we've got to recognize that carnal nature and then we've got to compare it with that being, that creature that thrills to be as complicated as we all make it. (laughs) Know what I mean? Praise God.